1: And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a
0: sub-science here to make things make sense. Today, we're talking about internalized homophobia, what is it, and how does it affect both the queer community, but also people outside of it. Later on, we have our What Did You Learn This Weeks as well. One is about palm oil and the country Mexico. <laughs> the whole country. <laughs> or as we will learn, Mexico.
1: Ah, see. Sí, señora,
0: <laughs> Señor. Not señora. Ah, who yeah. knows? Yeah. Actually, it's been interesting. Like, I uh, part of my What Did You Learn This Week comes from like I'm in a Spanish class right now and there Greg. has been a lot of, well, no for uh, whatever. It's not a brag. <laughs> it's just me telling about my life, Greg. Um, but part of the conversation around like, you know, gendered words and how like the, the conversation even in Spanish has been like, do we change these terms? Hmm. Like there's been a pushback to like also try and find like gender neutral terms for certain words. Uh, but my teachers told me how like there is a, A literal body that examines the Spanish language and like decides, are we going to say this? Like, presidente. Presidente. President. Yeah, but it was like when the president of one country was a female, she started saying presidenta. And then they were like, officially, we've decided you can't do that. (laughs)
1: Also, like, if there's like 48,000 women and one man, you say. Oh,
0: yeah, you still say the like masculine masculine version of like. Like, I mean. Amigos? amigos, yeah, my friends, if there's only <laughs> one true. man. It's truly like a
1: feminist like,
0: <laughs> anyway, think conference and there's
1: like one ally man. And it's like, <laughs> oh, mis amigos are here. Whereas like if that man left, it'd be mis amigos. Uh, anyway, that's a little rough. The like Spanish body could get together and like maybe be like if visually you can tell there's more women.
0: Well they've just that's when the terms I I think one of the terms was like (laughs) amigues is like they've been trying to feel like is there another term that can be like for everyone? But there's been a lot of conversation around that. Obviously. I'm not part of those conversations. I'm just hearing this through. But my this Spanish is how teacher. you got, like, the angry alt-right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't even speak <laughs> Spanish the way we used to. Flipping tables. It's like, do you even know Spanish? Hola. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I don't even know why I yelled about that. Okay. So, yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Oh Damn oh. it. Wrong. Okay, one sec, one sec,
0: one sec. <laughs> Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. Okay, so
1: for those... Who have been listening to the podcast recently. We have a new format and it's absolutely throwing Throwing us, us into chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so if you heard, what did we learned this week? That was just
0: a Spanish word for getting to study time. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, today we're talking about internalized homophobia. I know we've the said way that. you said
1: even the <laughs> intro, it's like
0: so chipper.
1: It's like we're going to chat about. Well, we're going to talking
0: about how we hate ourselves. And no, ping. I've been thinking about obviously, you know, our podcast many times is super lighthearted, and I think that's something that's nice about it. Even when we take on some like more intense topics, it's nice to be able to laugh at it, especially when we are kind of on the inside of that. So I feel like you want to laugh at this. No, <laughs> but I guess I want to like start the conversation by being like, of course we're always trying to be as accepting and open as possible but i want to also be able to have fun and because we're gay i feel like at least this one we can like <laughs> play with the idea of this but of course this is a serious conversation a real problem in both the queer community <laughs> I and can't the stop exterior. laughing
1: i don't know why <laughs> uh,
0: and so we're going to be talking about what is internalized homophobia uh, and i think this is relevant to everyone whether you're straight gay, it
1: really is relevant to straight men who have been calling in a lot and we love you and we yeah, see you. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of straight guys being like, hey, uh, we're, like I'm, I'm one, of, one of your straight listeners. I'm like, wow, it's like the only people who've called in. I feel in. it's that and Australians. We're like, yeah, the, we're like the two people like. Be like <laughs> people don't like don't getting like, <laughs> you know, like domed and shamed. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like Australians in streamer like, yeah, they're like hate listening. Kidding. We love straight guys, but they're a huge part of internalized
0: homophobia. Well, I think Everyone is affected by it, right? Like there's... In the same way that everyone's affected by sexism, a lot of people are affected by racism, or everyone's affected by racism, everyone's affected by homophobia, and I think internalized homophobia is often used as a term for queer person, like, and their reflection of society back onto themselves. So in that sense, I think its official definition is not like if a straight man's experiencing something like this, it's just homophobia, unless they actually are like repressing a gay part Well, of I don't know. I
1: feel like internalized homophobia is a bad, it's a bad term. Yes. It should be like internalized feminine phobia because that's when it relates to straight guys.
0: Yeah. One of the studies that I was going to bring up, like uh, there's a lot of conversation if around definitions. Sorry.
1: If you're internalized feminine phobia, if you're identifying as a man, Say right? Because, like, I'm like, can women have internalized, like, can women, like, hate their femininity? Of course. I just, like, went cross eyed and passed <laughs> out. I was like, okay. What is They obviously funny. can, but now I'm like, damn,
0: what's that called? And, like, I was making up some. Internalized sexism.
1: Internalized?
0: So that's one of the terms that was used for this as an alternative because, first of all, even phobia is often considered a misnomer misnomer for homophobia. Like, it's not a fear, it's actually a prejudice. And so, one of the alternate terms for internalized homophobia has become internalized heterosexism, which is like sexism um, is obviously prejudice against women, and heterosexism is against. Gay people, People queer people, people who are not heterosexual. But so
1: much of this is about sexism. It's about hating the feminine aspects of yourself.
0: I think we can have a conversation around like that, of course, is true. Yeah. But there's multiple elements, right? Like you can you can have internalized sexism as well as feel prejudiced for being outside of the norm sexually, like Like being being a gay man (laughs) who's interested in men. Go. Some of that may <laughs> okay. not be because of sexism. Wow. Some of that self-hate can just because like you feel ostracized from society. Yes. So in terms of like <laughs> definitions, a lot of it does come down to like self-afflicted homophobic, like society's homophobic views being self-reflected back onto you as a queer person. Most of the studies I found are like on lesbian, gay and bi people like they often will say explicitly on LGB
1: Yeah, community. wait, I found that too. I think because... Oh, I think it's a like transness is actually... S- oh, wow. In this, sorry. Um, my study was about masculinity and how it relates to homo... homo what is this called? <laughs> Internalized homophobia? I know, I keep saying I mean, like, like... There's so <laughs> many like homo words in my studies <laughs> and like on my doc that I'm just like going cross-eyed <laughs> and being, like homo, homo, homo. But um, it was saying how like... I'll get to the point of mine, which is essentially that gay men who act more masculine according to the study, have more internalized homophobia, mm. but they were like trans people who like, say you are, um, like born, like being like with the sex of a woman, but you are trans. So you are like a trans man. Yeah. They're, um, taking up of masculine ideals makes them feel happier inside. Right. Whereas taking up of masculine ideals when you're a gay man, they're, according to the study, makes you feel more depressed. So that's why if, like, they were taking the T out of the LGB in this study. Yes, like, it is It is trans, a different perspective. Different. Yeah.
0: The only thing I'd want to sort of, not correct, but have a, like, obviously I don't know what your study is, but it's like, I think being masculine as a gay man can be toxic, but there are, of course, many gay men who would naturally maybe feel empowered by being masculine. And it's the question oh wait, well, I can of only do my
1: study because it's interesting, okay, but sure. it's just a study. But of you know what I mean?
0: Of course, there are straight men who are masculine and some are feminine, there are gay men, some are ma- naturally masculine and feminine. Yeah, that's It's true. understanding, and what this conversation about internalized homophobia is going to touch on is it's the people who have that who are projecting masculine ideals and norms that end up often having these problems. But I'm sure there are many gay men. Who naturally are like, oh, I just like feel empowered by being more masculine, and it's not because of self hatred.
1: Yeah, this study was leaving room for that. Yes, but this study was saying, if internalized homophobia is a complicated thing that you don't just necessarily accept in yourself or are just like Mm -hmm. I have it. Their point was, if you are someone. Okay, I'll explain the studies. 489 Australian gay men. Uh-oh. Red flag. <laughs> Can't think of a more fucked up group. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm absolutely kidding. I need to go on in Australia like pilgrimage yeah (laughs) just like be like namaste i love you all i'm just gonna go to australia tan get dreads do yoga come back love them and everyone's just gonna be like yeah but we hate you now okay (laughs) so 489 self-identified australian gay man 18 to 72 years old online survey and what they did would ask them questions like does it bother you when you have to ask for help And then on a scale of one to five, you'd answer the seeming sort of like takeaway from a question like that would be like, if you have an issue asking for help, you are quote unquote trying to be more masculine. Okay. So they're asking a bunch of questions that like, according to psychology relate to how you feel about masculinity. Okay. And then they're finding, they're using a bunch of other questions that are talking about internalized homophobia and the way you feel about it. And they found that people who are, presenting as more masculine have higher rates of internalized homophobia. They have Mm. more feelings of hatred towards the fact that they are gay and towards other gay people. So their point was not saying that of course there are, as you said, masculine gay men who don't have right. internalized homophobia, but they're like, if we're trying to figure out who has it, who doesn't, because it's like not something that people necessarily like, like I would love if someone could just like read me to felt and be like, you have it at this measure so I can like work on it. Mm-hmm. They're like, if you are a masculine presenting gay man, you are more likely needing to check your right. That's internalized fair. homophobia, which I think is really interesting because it's like, I think as gay people, because of all the things we're going to get into, masculinity is idealized and maybe you look at masculine gay men like me last week just like ripping the shit out of a bunch of like <laughs> topless roided up like lawyer bankers gay banker white bankers from Toronto wait what are you talking I about I was thinking what last, do you mean last week last week I made a joke about how like when you go to like gay male parties like uh. some of them, you literally talk to them and I'm like why are you a football player steroided gay man who is like a lawyer on Bay Street who is white and like you are the most Masculine archetype of high school, but you gay, like
0: right.
1: I was kind of ripping on that, mm-hmm. like those people, but it's like actually, there's another way to frame it, which is like they might be struggling the most. Fair, which I think is interesting because I look at those people and I'm like, oh my god, they're so. I have like, oh my god, it's like, is it an. This is, we're going to get into it. I'm like, is it internalized homophobia? Like it could be a version of it, but I have some sort of like animosity towards them. Mm. Whereas if like, according to the study, it's like, oh, they actually might be struggling the most with their homosexuality. Mm. It gives you a little bit more like compassion. Like when you look at the circuit case, it's like, Mm. (laughs) oh, you know what I mean? Whereas (laughs) usually when you look at like really masculine white strong men, it's easy to be like judging them. Yeah. That's all that this study made me be like, that's so interesting and it it gives compassion. It
0: is worth thinking about, I think because we live like personally in a very a circle surrounded by like many gay men We're in a bubble and as a result we kind of do forget that many people actually do experience homophobia explicitly right like of course we experience it implicitly in the world but like in our day-to-day life like i don't experience a lot of homophobia i live in toronto a super progressive city we go to gay bars we're surrounded by queer people all the time what i'm trying to say one time i was
1: on the subway and that guy was like Fucking, Yo, yeah. why are you looking at me, faggot? And I was like, oh, and I like, kind of laughed because he looked gay, like not to like judge him. But remember he had like yeah, yeah. gorgeous, like blue dyed hair and he looked
0: and it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was, was wild.
1: Spooky. I always think about that. I'm like, so it can like so think randomly like happen. That. I
0: think it's a good reminder to think that some people's internalized homophobia and and projection of toxic masculinity is obviously a defense mechanism to actually protect themselves. Hmm. Even though that may not always be the case, it obviously bleeds into like being actually in the queer community or around gay people and it it's still there. And that's when you're like, you don't need to put this front up. But I think a lot of people outside of like Toronto in this world are actually oppressed even as wait, gay and men, so they're
1: acting more masculine to as protect a protective them. tool.
0: Right? Like Hmm. Uh, so I think that's, yeah, a worth thinking, like a lot of people live in fear. And I think that like there is an entire category of stress called minority stressor, which is related to internalized homophobia. That, that's like if you're a minority in any way, you have like different kinds of stress. So this is, says like stress theory posits that stressors are any factors or conditions that lead to change and require adaptation by individuals. Minority stressors strain individuals who are in a disadvantaged social position because they require adaptation to an inhospitable social environment, such as LGB persons' heterosexual social environment. So What? I went cross-eyed. That's okay. Sorry, that was just a lot of random words. All to say that simply being a queer person is simply being a minority. So whether that's because you're in a space where you're like a gender minority or you're a racial minority, you will experience literal stress because of that, that people who are in quote unquote, the norm of the majority don't have. And these things are often Mm -hmm. like measurable in studies. Like there are literal stressors that your body faces by being in an environment where you are a minority. Okay. I see. So it's like, Okay, so being K okay is hard. <laughs> yeah, it hard. is, but I think what yeah. I, going back to <laughs> the point, think. we live in a bubble where it's yeah. obviously inside we live of that in bubble, such a bubble. It's yeah. very easy to just have fun and be like, you can be free, you can be yourself, you don't have to and judge yourself.
1: We are in Toronto, so I think our bubble is that white gay men experience an extreme amount of privilege in i think that's like another aspect where it's like hard to talk about these studies and talk about the world Mm -hmm. because like in toronto for example like we're such a like there's so many new immigrants there's so many other issues that i'm like and there's obviously a lot of queer people who are like people of color who experience a lot of issues here but like it's not like i'm thinking about white gay men's homophobia and when like I think suffering. of all the issues yeah. in Toronto mm-hmm. that I'm like trying to figure out how to help. Yes, So it's like, I think, but then I'm like I think the that's world where you project it's like, yeah the judgment yes.
0: on that category. Yeah. And I'm just playing devil's advocate only to be like, of course we should also have sympathy because that usually comes from somewhere. And I mean, even straight men have to face this pressure. Yeah. To so be that's the masculine. thing.
1: Like, I'm like, this study was so interesting because they're obviously like any science study, they like, have to write all the information before they do the study. And it was, like, full of such cool links to other studies. But it's just, like, masculinity is so messed up. Like, AOC is on this. Like, she's so, oh, like, well, because, like, everyone's always, like, talking about how men are struggling. And AOC is, like, the person who I'm always, like, she's tackling it from the way that, like, science and psychology is, like, yeah, it's because um, of masculinity.
0: I actually haven't, like, I feel like she's kind of been... Quiet lately I, Although I don't use Twitter anymore And I'm just like Is that why I don't hear About her that much I hope to god She's not just on Twitter No I know that's not true But I feel like I used to Oh and Maybe you know People come in waves In terms of like Oh I cultural. hope she's just
1: like Ramping her ass up to be president my friends
0: isn't there like an age li- minimum that she? well
1: I don't know because right now it's like 90 plus <laughs> and that's only allowed I think you have
0: to be like 40 or something I don't know but so it's like uh, hopefully she in will She
1: Chile it. it was 35 because I remember their new president was like 37 and I love him okay so like men like in the western normative context it's just so western it's like goddamn British in your colonization if only you realized how weak you are I didn't try and take over the world <laughs> um women are quote unquote expected to be passive emotive and sentimental whilst whilst men are supposed to be stoic brave and aggressive that's the stereotype of like western heteronormative context of like gender okay and it's like even just those words like it's like when we learn about mental health it's like stoic brave and aggressive it's like Mm. you're gonna struggle yeah and so then it's like it's like it's an (laughs) And it's also like those are the bad ones (laughs) like (laughs) passive emotive and sentimental like those are the ones that like psychology is like those aspects are like what make you feel less depressed.
0: Anyways, I think it's worth mentioning that things are not inherently good or bad. It's the inauthenticity of them, right? Like I think being brave being masculine being these terms when they're fake, is when it's toxic. But of course, it's like I think this is the harder conversation to have because it's like, well, being masculine inherently isn't a bad trait. It's just that it gets like almost weaponized. Well, in a way. okay,
1: let me continue because it's like the heteronormative Western context polarizes these ideas between masculinity and femininity. So no, it's like all those things mixed is good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what like if you keep. Well, voting... we can
0: accept that like those traits are good in all different ways. Is that what you mean?
1: But no, I'm saying like, obviously, women aren't just passive, emotive, and sentimental. Right. That's false. And men aren't just stoic, brave, and aggressive. Those are all. If you polarize those two, yeah, well, they're you not believe good. They must Although be. Although my attentive. personal opinion is like, I'd rather be the feminine one from a mental <laughs> health perspective. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Whatever. But it's like the the point is that that's not true. There's like no women are also stoic, brave, and aggressive. Of course. Yeah. But they the point is that society forces mm. this polarization. And then what it does is it creates like maladaptive behaviors in men, straight men in, and gay men to overcompensate. And they fear like the feelings of inferiority. And when essentially if you fear femininity, what ends up happening is that they're like it, the fear of femininity leads to increased competition, increased depression. And what I found so interesting is that they really focused on this. It creates a fear of taking risks in men. A fear of femininity creates a fear of taking risks in men because they're scared of their femininity showing. I see. And so, I was like, that is so interesting. I'm in an art class. I'm in a Spanish class, all full of women. And I'm like, I think men are scared to do things
0: that could be perceived as feminine. And
1: like, I'm not even saying taking a Spanish class is perceived as feminine, but there's a, there's a risk there. You have to go, mm. you have to you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. Like it's actually so interesting. There's like three men in my Spanish class and it's like, I look at them and they get like called, they have to be subservient to the teacher. The teacher's like, how do you say that? And they kind of stumble mm. and they get it wrong and they blush mm-hmm. and it's like that they're reacting differently to the mistake than the women are. Mm. Like they're they're like, when I was reading this study, cause it was right before class, I was like, that man is like blushing right? because he said, like cómo está instead right. of right, and he's
0: probably been taught not he, but just in general, men are. Are you saying men are taught? Well, like, it's a mistake. It's like it's and like needing hell. Yeah, and, and it's those like, kind of things are feminine qualities and a
1: motive about like being like and oh I got it wrong and vulnerable yeah. and it's like a lot of issues with men that we have talked about a lot on this podcast, especially like men who retire. It's like they deteriorate cuz they're not like going out and like mm-hmm. getting new hobbies and like they're they're scared. Yeah. And it's like so interesting because it's like this study is saying it's like that fear is maybe of being perceived as feminine or weak. Like they're t- and I was like that like resonates for me. Like there's something that I feel so happy that I get to be a gay man because I have accepted this feminine part of me that I like do all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. I take a bunch of risks cuz I'm yeah. like When I show up, no one, no, well, maybe they're like, gay, and I'm like, yeah, (laughs) like there's something (laughs) that like, there's a power in that, that like, you can own, I think men would be helpful for men to understand, like getting in touch with their femininity actually will make them less fearful. And fear is like a weirdly, like almost feminine trait. Like it's almost like oxy like paradoxical in some way.
0: I yeah I don't I don't agree with that last part that fear is a feminine trait
1: sorry I'm saying there like I just feel like men don't want to be perceived as people who are fearful
0: yeah sorry Matt
1: these men who are
0: masculine sure
1: I'm just like it's interesting it's like no you're actually your fear is your fear of femininity yes yeah I'm just like that's interesting to me. oh yeah yeah like I'm you saying like that's interesting I don't know why like, you oh, lost me at the end but. but just being like like I don't know why I'm harping on this and maybe let's just move on but it's like Oh, you're scared? Like, being scared is probably something they're like, no, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. It's like, you are scared of being feminine. The word scared Mm, is mm. in that statement. It's like, you know what I mean? There's a bravery. There's a masculinity. There's a stoicness in accepting your femininity because it's like the ultimate conquer of fear.
0: I think, and this is going to be a generalization as well, but obviously certain domains of, like, intellectual pursuit are considered feminine and... I think, in a way, you know, like many like men who go into academia, like and not into like sport or like physical or aggressive spaces, are considered more feminine. But in my personal experience, this is not based on a study; this is anecdotal. Like when I think of like my male professors in general, of course, there's like toxically masculine ones, but I feel like academic men ought, have come to terms and are maybe more comfortable. And okay having feminine attributes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Same, same as gay men. Um, but yeah, now we can go back to the internalized
1: homophobia because the gay men thing is wild. This
0: reminds me a lot of like the in-group, out-group conversation we had the other week. Yeah. When we talked about even... Um, what was our last episode on uh, di- diverse... Neuro-divergence. neurodivergence where it's like, okay... There's like a conversation that the whole world can have. And in that stance, I'm like, no, gay men are oppressed in this world. But then when we come into the inner conversation, I'm like, yeah, but gay men are so privileged. So let's like acknowledge that. And that's where our maybe sometimes judgment of inter- internalized homophobia comes. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Like, on the larger scale, I'm like, there are lots of issues. And now we're going to like, because you're like, yeah. And then I start talking about gay men and I'm like. Okay. But then now I'm like, is that
1: internalized homophobia? So, okay. Do you think you have like, how bad is our internalized homophobia?
0: Yeah. It's there for sure. It, sometimes I wonder for myself if like, not that I am Completely straight passing, but I grew up more straight passing than some, like than me, me. than this little homo over here. Wow, no. and you're immediately canceled. <laughs> Press that button. Press that button. Which one is canceled? Um, sorry, I don't think I was straight passing because I was constantly called gay in high school. But like, I think no, you're straight passing. But then you
1: were like, you no, know what I'm gonna do? Make musical theater my <laughs> my whole personality, and then it's sort of like okay.
0: <laughs> but I wonder. If internalized homophobia, it's like chicken or egg. Is it harder to break free from that when you can mask yourself? No, like pun intended, like M-A-S-K Whoa. or M-A-S-C. Put that on a shirt and smoke Mask it. for mask. <laughs> um, versus if you are innately exuberant and feminine and outgoing as a man, you might just have to accept that and you're like no longer trying to hide i i'm not sure this is just no in this my is view so that perhaps like I, I know for sure i have internalized homophobia i mean i think most i people think out every the world gay do. man does yes
1: i think you every gay man has internalized homophobia and every man has internalized heterosexism and mm-hmm. fear of femininity and i think that's just because and what these studies are saying again if you're in a western environment and a heteronormative context which everyone in canada certainly Australia (laughs) and America. Wow. If I'm meaner to Australia than America, it's like, you know, I'm so sorry. Um, You make fun of the people who who you can, you guys are fine, Um, have these issues. And I think that there's a scale of it, but I think one thing that is interesting, again, going back to the study is that, Feminine acting gay men will receive and it does say in the study receive the most hate and the most like what you were saying like minority stress Mm -hmm. and they are essentially having like harder lives in general, but they might not have as much internalized homophobia, which is what this study is talking about, which is the hatred of yourself and being gay, the hatred of the feminine aspects and the fear of the feminine aspects of yourself. It causes you to become quote unquote straight acting, become anti-infeminate, anti-effeminate. And that can be such a huge issue because it's like a little bit more hidden maybe than like the people who... Are experiencing like vitriolic homoph like these are acts that they're having to deal with. Whereas internalized mm. homophobia, you might go your whole life without ever addressing it. Totally, it's you less don't have explicit. To.
0: Yes, it's difficult to know. I think even even I think like you said, every gay man has internalized homophobia. But of course, there's scales. Um, I have two things to say. One, I'm going to bring up my study, which has like three. It, it was really interesting. It looked at like what is internalized homophobia because that's like a big conversation. Yeah. Like what is what is actually causing it, and then What does it do to a person who has it? But, um... What was I gonna say? One
1: thing, one thing, like my study used an example of was like, do you dislike Drag Race? No. Yeah. It was one of the questions. Like, are you a gay man? I was like, I'm like becoming the gay guy (laughs) that I'm like, I fucking hate Drag Race, but I swear it's because it's repetitive. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I know I was built made me think. Like, if I was on the study, I would have been like, I put up put a three. But it's like, damn, I would have been like, yeah. I I was like, is my like, I literally after was like, someone like asked me about Drag Race, I was like, love it (laughs) because I was like, I don't. Like I'm like I am sick of it, but I'm like I don't want. it Like it was kind of like made me question like why am I hating Drag Race? But anyways, it just makes you think yeah. like there are actually gay men who I think from day one have had a hard time with like a show that prides a femininity. Yes, and yeah, like yeah, that almost yeah. every
0: cast member yeah. is an effeminate. It was just man. like
1: so. I read the surveys and then when I saw that question, I was like, that's an amazing question. Like, do you like Drag Race? Like in as in a literal study. <laughs>
0: Do you think one of us is, has more internalized homophobia or it's just in different ways? Okay,
1: another thing this stu- that's... Well, I, look, I really like this study. Okay, so I just want to say this. Having internalized homophobia, they said, does lead to intense anxiety and body shaming and body dysmorphia. Okay. So the direct correlation to that is interesting because I think people yeah. go to the gym. Hello, gay men. It's like... <laughs>
0: definitely yeah um
1: like the going to the gym part is about building your body and i sometimes think about like how interesting it is that all sort of like the jocks in my high school are like truly just like living the quintessential like like drink beer every night, like have their like yeah. dad, they, their not dad gave, gave them anymore. a job and yeah. they don't, they look and all the people who ended up gay are absolutely jacked. Like, <laughs> like it's just like, it's like I can, I just imagine all those like jocks going through their phone being like, holy shit, like every yeah, like, little, like gay sort of, like, nerd is like guy I made fun of could like kick the shit out of me now. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like something like really interesting there that I was like, whoa, it's like, it's gay men trying, like trying to deal with their internalized homophobia mm-hmm. through making their bodies seem masculine. But I think that they were like, it is an ebb and flow. Like you can have internalized homophobia that pulsates mm-hmm. goes away pulsates goes away they said with age it usually gets better hashtag mm-hmm. it gets better like you decrease your internalized homophobia as a gay man usually if you come out with age and their main way they say to combat it is exposure to literally it said effeminate people so whether mm-hmm. that's hanging out with more women mm-hmm. or hanging out with more effeminate gay men that's where my judgment of some masculine gay men comes from Fair. when you look at them and you're like you're all hanging out with each other there's no women even in the mix here Yeah, like there's an obsession with masculinity that I think is like they're like the antidote to ho- internalized homophobia is truly hanging out with women and, and and gay men who are effeminate feminine and people. can accept themselves. Yeah. That's what their
0: discussion answers. Well, I think was. that's also why just like even um, being around people who are like non-binary, trans, like challenging these ideas of yeah, what does it yeah. even mean yeah. to be a specific gender is interesting. It, so, it opens your eyes to being like okay, like we, we can deconstruct gender and then that makes it easier, I think, to deconstruct masculinity. But it's difficult at the same time because these subgroups, like the queer community in general has so many subgroups. that, And that's amazing in a lot of ways. Like it's yeah. it's really cool that we can celebrate. We have like bears and twinks and all, and all these different things. And like that's nice to be like there's like Everyone's sexually interested in a certain Mm -hmm. type of person. Um, They
1: got they they. This study also went in a bit on the. You're
0: obsessed. I'm obsessed. obsessed (laughs) Well, because
1: it was so specific, it was obviously done by like gay men. It was like so. So they went in a bit on the bear community. They think that the bear community the way it presents itself could be a problematic aspect of internalized homophobia which i was just like that's sure, really intense yeah. thing to say but um I think it's important to always say
0: can be right yes, like because yes. for example like there are just people who are naturally whether it's their lifestyle or their genetics or whatever are just like yeah. naturally going to be a bear because like even when you like have chest hair, like if you're yeah. like, if you have no chest hair, you're like not really called a bear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a bear is like a hairy yeah. big man or whatever. So like some of this is just like naturally what you are. And it's trying to like decipher. I think this is why these kinds of studies are interesting, but also it's such a challenge because how do you parse apart were you, yeah. quote unquote, naturally born this way, or are you projecting? Not beautiful it? in my way, 'cause because God makes no mistakes. I do right. right <laughs> okay. Wow, Gaga solved internalized homophobia. <laughs> yeah, she really that didn't. Um, okay,
1: but my answer to your question about. Let's talk about who has more, who has more internalized homophobia. Is that it goes in and out, and that like for example, you could have a time in your life where you're spending more time with gay men only who are masculine, and mm-hmm. then you're gonna have more internalized homophobia. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you get a job and you're hanging out with women and you're hanging mm-hmm. out with more effeminate gay men, and your personality changes and you have less internal. They were like, sure. you, it will change. Yeah. There's the macro the exo, which is society, the mezzo, which is your greater community, the micro, which is your close relationships, and the self. So I don't think it's finite.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure it manifests different for everyone. So yeah. that, for some people, it might manifest in sculpting their body to look hypermasculine, And some people, it might express in the way they actually treat people or act to people. Like We may have totally different versions of internalized homophobia. Okay, so in this moment as
1: in like this week or this, who do you think has more internalized homophobia? That's what I mean. I, want, I would say like in the past,
0: for sure, you had more. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I grew I, up in a religious household. <laughs> I think that also plays a role. And a be, what? A religious household. Because oh. you're like reminded that to be gay is also a literal sin. And you have like a
1: masculine dad and like a feminine mom. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, like
0: in prototypical roles. Like it's a very binary. heteronormative family. Family, yeah. And I grew up in a smaller place, like a small town. Literally. Yeah, I have like intellectual I to Toronto school. CBC parents. Like and I just like,
1: think innately the answer would be obvious. But I think now... It's you. Uh, Oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was like, I'm like, I don't hang out with enough people period. Yeah. True. Like I'm like, I just feel like there was a time in my life where I was so much more surrounded mm-hmm. by women and like effeminate gay men. Whereas now I'm like, I'm like alone. Mm-hmm. And I just go to the gym a lot and everyone at the gym, I'm like, well, that's not like the people like who are the right influence. So then I was kind of like, but I'm like, you also go to the gym. I don't know if it's obviously is me now, but I'm like, I'm certainly like this study made me be like, Greg, go hang out with your girlies, get off the couch Mm -hmm. and put on your nail polish. I think (laughs) the gym
0: is a shield that people use because it's a way to appear more masculine, but, but say it's for health. And of course, that's why it's difficult because it's like Wait, health is important. Like going to the gym is a good thing, in general. Like yeah. I'm not saying everyone has to do it, but it's like on the surface, it's like I'm doing something not because I want to be straight, it's because I want to I mean, be healthy. so healthy. Yeah, it's good for As my As you inject yourself with health.
1: steroids, eat so much well, protein that kills you and that. look like a gorilla. Well, <laughs> okay, sorry. There's Continue. lots of people outside of that category
0: <laughs> who are trying to go to the gym, and so I think that's like one of those difficult things to parse out. Is like it is good for you. Like lots of people use the gym for their mental health. Lots of people use the gym to feel good, to have energy, all these things. But I think it also allows gay men in particular, because we see this like body issue where it's like, um, you know, no femmes, no fats no whatever is like the phrase that gets used on like grinder and stuff yeah. um, I think it's like protective because you get to be like I'm doing it for me but it can yeah. also be behind your mind that you're ignoring that it's for something else one thing that I
1: do do if anyone's ever like are you masked I'm like that is the most fucked up question and I block them Oh,
0: yeah. No, that's <laughs> so I always feel good doing that. I'm like, well, now I feel bad because they actually just have no, internalized but that homophobia. I think it's worth, like, it is a problem. Lots of people don't do this, but it is a problem in the gay world where, like, if you don't look jacked, if you don't act hyper-masculine, you're not attractive to a certain group of people. Yeah. And I do think that's r- really toxic yeah. for everyone involved, especially yeah. the person That is doing.
1: internalized homophobia, too.
0: And then, yeah, exactly. But that's
1: a really powerful way to look at it because it's like, then you can be less...
0: It's sad for the person. Yeah, for sure. It's sad
1: for the person. It still doesn't mean that that question is appropriate. And I still think it's okay for me to say that's a fucked up question and block them. Yeah. But I I do think that there's a part of me that's like, Oh, is there another way that's like? Oh, I'm so sorry you asked that question. Yeah, but is, that's also so condescending.
0: I think you don't have to take responsibility no, 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 for no, no, it. No, no, I don't. You can just yeah. be internally like, well, that's that's you actually. you think I, It's
1: like it's like I have more internalized homophobia now, literally, because I have an equinox membership. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you go to a trainer. Yeah, but that's less. Like I'm like I'm like no, I'm like, you're right. Do you I, actually uh, think it's me? Like I, a part of me wanted to like say yeah, it is me because it's like funny and it's like there's a change but I'm actually like I don't actually know
0: life's too complicated for me to understand like the reasons we do things can be so hidden to us like there's so many more layers right like of course toxic masculinity and internalized homophobia affects us but so does like the need and desire to feel loved and accepted and yeah. good at things and and successful like there's so many layers that you're like which one is it which yeah. fucked up desire is it that's driving me to do the things that I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, but I know. know that
1: I definitely have internalized homophobia, of course and I do feel like there was a time in the past where I I like honestly like didn't
0: I think my study that I'm going to bring up right now is going to help us elicit a specific idea about ourselves okay because this we're was like, like and it is that you're gay <laughs> <laughs> you hate drag race you go to the gym you're you know you it. go to
1: equinox i hate drag race and i go to equinox it's like yeah you're <laughs> fucked you have internalized <laughs> topophobia okay i don't hate drag race and just like come on let's just like maybe make less of them okay? or continue. like
0: give us a shake it up somehow yeah or i actually don't know you're right there's this, this has been on for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, if a straight man's like, oh, no. so I'd be like, it's a great show.
1: Actually, to be honest, the only people I know who are obsessed with it, like, in a really intense way, are like straight people now because it's like they're experiencing it new. For the first time. Whereas I'm like, oh, I've seen 48,000 episodes. <laughs> my, I like look at them and my eyes go blurry and I'm like, what year are we in? Like, I've seen yeah. this before.
0: Okay. So, when defining internalized homophobia, this study came out in 2018. There were three correlations. They call it three subscales that okay. were the strongest. Okay. So subscale number one was the desire to be heterosexual.
1: Never in a million years would I want
0: that. Exactly. Well, maybe when you were younger. But the weird thing you know is what I that mean? now like, I'm
1: like getting attracted to women. Okay, so
0: like, okay. We'll get there when we get there. What's
1: that called when you hate me because well, I might like women, some women?
0: I did not ever say that. You always judge me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now I'm like, but now, I but think, I am questioning, okay, you like, know that the truth? wanting to be homeless? No, this is the same projection. It's me, when you look at gay men being internalized homophobia, yeah. it's me going, like, are you trying to be so progressive that you are making are yourself you serious? less gay?
1: That's so <laughs> rude. This is the joke.
0: Did you ever watch? Did you ever watch Broad City? You know when she's like, "Alana, you're so progressive that you're a racist." (laughs) Like it's kind of like that. Sometimes no, I I know. I think that it's like people
1: are forced into binaries, and I was forced into the binary of being gay. And then sometimes I,
0: I think it's good. It's a good thing. And I, you're right. It is my internalized (laughs) issue with it, probably that projects my feeling to you. But sometimes it's like you're being so progressive. And have you
1: ever gone to lesbian parties? It's like a lot of those girls are so hot. Fair. In and a that's something that this conversation
0: way. has lacked obviously because we're two gay men i'd be interested to hear a lesbian's take on like lesbian masculinity yeah. and if that's internalized homophobia or not oh i need to or, hang out with more lesbians i'm curious about the conversation okay. in there um okay okay so, so do you desire to be heterosexual that's like this first one so that's negative feelings and homophobic attitudes towards oneself as a product of of social bias against sexual minorities. And the quote they use is, I feel that being gay is a shortcoming for me.
1: Okay. okay, No, I absolutely think it is a 1,000% of superpower. <laughs> and, but you know what I mean? When yeah. you were young,
0: like we all had to face that feeling. Like when I was younger, yeah. I was like, I wish I was straight.
1: I definitely was in grade seven and eight when everyone was like, fuck it. I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> and definitely when I started like masturbating to gay porn, I was like, well, that's wrong. But then like as throughout high school actually this is interesting and as soon as i came out in grade 11 i was like it's my sugar, <laughs> and i like you and i really would loved it but i do think there's something there too which was that like i almost loved it too much <laughs> like it was sort of like it didn't allow me to fully address fair I you, mean, you,
0: you tried to use it as a weapon yeah to protect yourself to protect
1: myself against homophobia mm-hmm. Which is like Which is a useful actually skill, but
0: making me like so. Confused. That's that same thing when therapists are like, "It was a useful skill." Yeah, tool. it was a useful. Tool, but now it's it like now, now it's yeah. like, "No, Greg, you're actually straight."
1: <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: I'm <laughs> okay, okay, subscale two reflects.
1: Wait, sorry, answer that. Do you do you deep down wish you were straight? no, no, not anymore. Okay. No, yeah. But was there a time
0: for sure? Yeah, like when what? I was like dealing with, am I gay? It was. But when def- you came out, like in was I think once i came out was my accepting and being like i would rather like i maybe the first year was still that like being uncertain but mm. i was kind of you know like we were dating before i even came out did you so start think,
1: did you start by saying i'm bi
0: i think probably yeah because yeah. that's probably like the like a bit of the like i didn't ever come it. out as bi i came out as gay but i think yeah. in my mind before i came out as gay i was like i like both guys and girls yeah i just yeah. never want to touch a girl sexually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so no, I don't feel that way now at all. I, like if I had a magic wish granted, I would never wish to be straight. And again, we are to our straight listeners, we're so sorry. Oh yeah, no, it's not because I, I, would I think being straight never bad. wish to be Australian.
1: <laughs> 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 <I'm kidding.
0: Stop. laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, sub two reflects fears of coming out. Quote: If I f- if my straight friends knew about my sexual orientation, I would feel uncomfortable.
1: What
0: isn't that kind of the same as the first one? No, the first one is like I don't want to be gay. And the, the second, second one is, is I'm gay, but I'm I don't afraid of what being gay does to me in this
1: world. Whoa. Like I again, have fear. no, I walk into a room. I'm like, by the way, I'm gay. So bow down. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I do find I'm like, I want everyone here to know I'm gay.
0: Yeah. Like and when I'm like, but I would say as somebody.
1: Well, I act I'm, extra gay in new situations.
0: Yeah, I do too. Cause I'd rather not have to like explain it. But there's still, obviously, as a queer person, you have to be in, if you're in a room with new people, you're like, there's a moment where people have to find out. I remember when I went on Big Brother being like, you have to, like, share beds with someone. And I was just like, I don't want to be beside a straight man before they know I'm gay, unless they're explicitly like, I'm okay, okay with you're that.
1: you're so insane. Like, I love how you actually got to have an anecdote from, like, the most fucked up experiment but that, that because do. the first 24 yeah. hours no, that's like so you're interesting. in a room with yeah. 16 new people oh my god if i went on big brother i would definitely open the door and like isn't there like a meme of a girl like
0: coming out of the door i would be like <laughs> hello like because just, we're different in that way and yeah. there was another guy on my season who was more flamboyant than me and it was like everyone was up he was like wearing a dress on the first episode so you were just so like mumbling like
1: i'm gay too well i would be
0: like <laughs> trying to like let my gayness out but you're also meeting people for the first time so yeah. you're just trying to like i wanted to make sure i was like sleeping beside a girl. And then being like, Nah, eh, I'm gay. But in the first 24 hours, people were like, we didn't know if you were gay, bitch. Wait, but you
1: have to sleep beside people? That's weird. There's
0: only enough, like, you share, like, a double bed with that's a stranger. Like, that show's
1: so fucked oh, okay. up. You anyway, got, you're so fucked up. We've like, been, that's crazy. We gotta, we gotta no, react. they're allowed to make more beds.
0: You know what oh, yeah. I mean? Like, Big Brother,
1: like, good <laughs> Lord. Like, I didn't even think about that. You STI-ass s- show. Continue. STI. I don't know. They want you to bang. Okay.
0: subscale three measured worries about stereotypes based on sexual orientation. So, quote, when I think about coming out to a straight friend, I worry that he or she might watch me to see if I do things that are stereotypically homosexual. So, it's not about the fear of no. them yeah. disliking you for being gay, but it's the fear of being like boxed in by people seeing you as gay okay so basically what this study yeah so those were forms of internalized homophobia they were evaluating Mm -hmm. but what they realized is only the first one the desire to be straight or not be gay was associated with mental health issues Mm. the other ones are kind of like minority stressors they're inevitable Mm -hmm. right like as a gay person or a queer person you have to come out to people and have fear around will they treat me differently will i should i be scared Will I have less opportunities? But by the people who had the idea, like, I wish I was straight, basically, both at baseline and in longitudinal studies, um, that was, like, linked to mental health outcomes where the other ones weren't, which I thought was interesting. So for this study... Um, They recommend that the desire to be heterosexual should be what internalized homophobia is classified as.
1: Mm, Okay. Is is what they
0: were basically studying.
1: Well, and like mine is saying, it's like this study argues that gay men who are overly concerned with masculine norms utilize hypermasculinity as a compensatory strategy for their perceived sense of inferiority. Mm. So obviously, like you're saying, you would have to answer yes to one of those three questions to have a perceived sense of inferiority around being perceived as gay. Mm-hmm. And this study is just saying that that actually causes gay men to present in hyper masculine ways. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's like, I can now get that you're presenting in a hyper masculine way in theory to
0: fear, like to protect yourself, to protect from yourself. These fears. But yeah. then
1: I think that what I think this is not addressing is that there is something else in the gay community, which is that people are <clears> acting hyper masculine in order to like attract each other. Yes. In yep. order to like it's actually not about straight people. Mm-hmm. It's like the it's like gay men have become so fucked up <laughs> that they've now created that fear around each other. Pre- right. Perceiving each other totally. as feminine. Which yeah. is like really actually very sad that's, because the, it's darkest like, that's yeah. the darkest it's like, part that's the darkest part this is where
0: you should be safest yes. and you still feel unsafe yeah. yes. and actually as a result you're contributing to an environment that is unsafe for queer people Ex- yes exactly and it's like and you're maybe so
1: shrouded in this like internalized homophobia so unaware of it that you're like hurting yourself and others without an awareness, mm-hmm. which is like, to me, the scarier part, the sadder part, yeah. because it, it's like, it's not actually, I think these people's fault, cause they're not really like necessarily looking at it that deeply. That's just like the feelings they have and the what? feelings they have are actually so sad because it's like, they're from the hatred that you felt yeah. for being gay that you maybe still feel and like that probably dealt with you growing up.
0: One thing I would say, this is anecdotal in my own thoughts, about, like, that group of people who are hyper-masculine and looking for hyper-masculinity, I think part of it is a sexual fetishization of the idea of being um, masculine. So it's not always about who and what you are in your life. It's like, I want to hook up with someone who feels straight. Obviously, there Mm, is, like, for many gay people, and even feminine gay people, like, (laughs) joke sometimes about, like, it's a toxic thing about being like, oh, I want to hook up with a straight guy because there's something, like, hot about that. Mm -hmm. And so I think... Because the irony to me, and I don't mean this to be, like, overly judgmental, but a lot of times you go to those, like, if you're in an event where you're with, like, a lot of jacked bros who are, like, sexy and trying to act mask, you, like, talk to them and you're like, oh, you're still so gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you're still very oh feminine. Oh, my God. I was in in many ways, it's a projection of what they want That's, to be and what okay. they're looking well, for sexually.
1: But in, well, like this study that I like, I'm gonna marry is like maybe being like <laughs> it is those men who are acting so gay who are presenting the most hypermasculine mm. because that is what it's saying. It's saying. You might have more internalized homophobia. You might have experienced more homophobia, mm. which has caused you to go down this route yeah. of hypermasculinity. Because growing up, you maybe were like actually made fun of so deeply yeah. that you course correct it totally. So it's like maybe even all those mask guys that you eventually talk to are gonna sound gayer mm-hmm. than maybe the guy next who's like not presenting his mask because he's probably like, well, I didn't have to like overcompensate used, like, yeah. as much. Yeah. Yeah. So I think bottoming—we haven't got to like topping and bottoming, but that's another interesting Mm -hmm. part too. They were in this study that I love Mm -hmm. because they would talk about these things where like a part of internalized homophobia is like maybe not allowing yourself to like be a bottom, which is like interesting. Obviously, there's so much more to that. There's pain. There's a lot of other things. But another thing they said to look at is if you're someone who's not willing to be a bottom, like, why is that? Is mm-hmm. it actually out of pleasure or is it out of the fact that you are now submissing? You see submissive.
0: it as, yeah, like a, a yeah. What's, what's the opposite of dominant? Passive. Passive. Which <laughs> is
1: literally what the
0: heterosexist oh, the term in Spanish term, is passivo.
1: Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> women, like, in the Western heteronormative context, women are expected to be passive. Yeah. So there's something there. Again, it's not saying that it means you are struggling from it if you have it. But they were like, if you... Are obsessed with masculinity, surrounding yourself by only masculine men or just men, not Refuse willing to, to be a bottom. Yeah, like mm. these. Th- things maybe it's like maybe you need to then go to your therapist and just be like can we talk about something because i'm not sure if this is the thing that
0: i just want to end on a specific note i had a bunch of other studies i'm not going to go through them but all to say these other studies looked at internalized homophobia and found the mental health outcomes are bad so i think like if you find yourself in this position and we all are on the scale of it i think like even the most queer effeminate presenting person who is a gay man like it has to be faced with this in society, but it's worth knowing if you're listening to this and you're like, this kind of feels like me that the mental health comes outcomes are not good. Yeah. Of course there are stressors just from being gay, but they're able to parse these apart and <laughs> say people yeah. who are actually, we can say are have internalized homophobia. Are, it's linked with like depression and anxiety and yeah. a lot of other and issues. And body dysmorphia. Yeah. So and
1: severe depression, like mm-hmm. bad, like it's bad. So it means like you can. it means it's like therapy vibes. It's like, it means addressing it. Mm -hmm.
0: And I will say, I know you said as people age, it gets better, but it's worse for older generations. So at least Mm. it's becoming less so I think because younger and younger people can come out and there's more acceptance around being effeminate. There's more conversations around this. And so I think generationally, hopefully that is like a positive trend towards people like actually getting to be what they want. If you actually are internally, hyper masculine then you get to be yourself and if you actually are internally hyper feminine you get to be yourself and have less of that fear around being judged for it knowing that you can just like be accepted by the greater society and also by the queer community to like find people who love you for who you are cool um yeah okay that was that was a big one but i think it's super interesting yeah and like obviously as to gay men it's like a lot to talk about i i am so curious about like a lesbian's perspective or even just like a queer or non-binary trans person's perspective on yeah. this conversation both about gay men and then about their respective communities and like mm-hmm. how I guess ultimately it's like toxic masculinity. How does that like weave itself into those mm-hmm. or for lesbians is there like toxic femininity? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd be just interested to like oh, maybe, so maybe cool. bring someone on one day and talk about that. Um, okay. We will take a little break, but and then we're, we're gonna- about to go away for a weekend with only gay men. And it's like, <laughs> you know What?
1: K- g- g- Cancel. okay <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay they better be acting feminine i'm gonna vault in and be like we're doing our nails <laughs> you're like we're, d- <laughs> we're dressing up as drag <laughs> yeah race! Like, we're definitely watching drag race tonight and if <laughs> any of them says anything masculine <laughs> i'm gonna be like get out <laughs> okay
0: we'll be back oh One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Oh, what did we learn this week? All right, as I said, mine is about Mexico. Say it in Spanish if you're in Spanish class so well. <laughs> you're in spanish class yeah too. hola como estas but okay say it how do i say this in spanish that is
1: so embarrassing that i just said
0: that yeah you're embarrassed um you're internalized <laughs> i don't know what um okay let's do it in spanish i can't do we've it in been spanish. doing babble um okay okay wait what are you trying to do i'm trying to talk in spanish no greg this pot's been too long just <laughs> let me get this out okay. we'll talk in spanish in the future so I learned this from my Spanish you think Bad Spanish Bunny teacher. would date me? No. <laughs> you don't think Bad Bunny would I date me? I think he'd me. like you. Like, I think he'd be like, oh, that guy's cool. That guy's like funny. And, and he'd whatever. be like, huh, he dresses exactly like me. It's almost <laughs> like he's been studying me and wants to be me. Okay, continue. <laughs> okay. Learned this from my Spanish teacher. Did a little bit of supplementary research, but like this is a little bit of like, Hopefully, I'm gonna get it right because I know there's some controversy. About so you this. actually
1: think Bad Bunny would like me? Stop! Because <laughs> I, I, actually
0: actually does. We're talking about the origin of the word Mexico, uh, as pronounced México. So online, I did see that there's no definitive proof, but this is what they believe. It's like okay. etym- etymology of the word. Okay, cool. Um, so in Spanish, the letter X. What's it? What is it in Spanish, Greg? Oh,
1: it's the beer Dos Equis. Oh, eques, good job, Dos Equis. Because
0: that. Beer,
1: uh, That's two Xs. Is it Mexican beer? The two Xs, dos X. Gotcha. And you know, wow. like, we know how to drink that.
0: Okay. So typically, the equis. letter equis is pronounced
1: equis, equis. dos equis. <laughs> okay. Equis. Typically girl, pronounce- what are you British?
0: <laughs> I think it is equis. Oh equis. shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's pronounced as ks, right? Like a K- ks. Like okay. if you see the word, the letter X, typically in Spanish, you pronounce it X. Okay. So like. Exito, which means success.
1: Also the exuberante. name of the big
0: grocery chain in Medellin. Exactly. Exito. E- exuberante. Exuberant. Right? Okay. So exuberante. Um, so why is Mexico spelled with an X if it's, it's actually pronounced Mexico is actually uh, how you pronounce it? Interesting question, right? It should
1: be Amido. J. j
0: so typically like it things with a j is or, like, yeah i don't know like even when they write like ha, it's ha, like this listen mexico no 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 that was french no no it's i guess mexico no 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 mitch listen it's <laughs> mexico Thank you so much. no but okay. you should listen to me you know you need to understand mexico. people do say you have a really good spanish accent okay so wait wow you're just complimenting the no. name hey. of the place mexico comes from an indigenous language which is related to like The Aztecs, apparently, it wouldn't have been called that at the time, not Spanish. Um, And what happened is in medieval Spanish, the letter X was different. So it was closer to the sound sh. So Mishko is like how it would have been pronounced. Um, Eventually, J and X began to sound the same in Spanish. And Mm. eventually, modern Spanish ended up changing X to more of the k or x sound, like um, CH or KS. So there have my teacher was saying like they actually have been talking about changing the spelling of Mexico so people pronounce it right Mexico to, a J. to put a J um, to into f- that correct because it's the
1: more indigenous accuracy
0: yeah so but that's that's part of the reason why you're like when you see Mexico spelled with an X it's because that actual pronunciation for Spanish people has changed over the years but the X remained whoa I thought that was kind of cool but it is me- like if you're there you go like Mexico. <laughs>
1: Like you don't say Mexico, right? Yeah,
0: like people who are Spanish would, or say like Mexico. in Latin America would say Mexico. Yeah, in Colombia and Oaxaca and Ecuador. You know what I mean, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Argentina. 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 Oh, wow! You
1: can't do that one. Argentina. No, Argentina. Argentina. <laughs> it's because you have an
0: Argentinian Pero. teacher. Can you do the? Perro. Okay, you got it. Okay. Perro. Um. Okay. What's your what like? Arriba. <laughs> <laughs> Is, wait, what's arriba up? Uh, Is it double, double R? I don't know that one. Oh shit! No, I think arriba so. Arriba or arriba.
1: Whenever I I say perro in class, I do always hold it. I'm like, oh yeah, una perro, <laughs> and they're like, ha ha ha, and I'm like, like good for you um you said yours is kind of depressing right? it's extremely depressing but Let's it's okay we're gonna like do it quick and then we're gonna get get out of here because yeah. <laughs> okay so palm oil is bad yeah so um, they say. and destroys
0: the environment right yeah
1: okay so it's unhealthy obviously but it's like there's palm oil plantations that they have to like create a lot of deforestation for palm oil the things that it's most in the store-bought bread which I thought was interesting. Oh, I know. I, sorry, this is—it's not like it's the most in that, but these but are the most like very common, common products that you'd
0: buy: yeah. margarine, oh. chocolate, oh.
1: frozen pizza, what, store-bought cookies, okay, instant noodles, wow, deodorant, and a range of other cleaning products. But I, I was like, "There's something." All those things. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm it's like my instant noodle, hello, my favorite. Um, this is Mitchell Moffat, my palm oil boyfriend. <laughs> But there's, there is something interesting about the concept of like convenience and how Mm. much it links to palm oil. Like it is one of
0: those things where it's like, and I assume like keeping things fresh long or not fresh, but like not rotting longer.
1: Yes. But, and like, um, like truly like the consistency, like gooeyness and yeah and preserve preservation. Yes. But it's like, it, it's a, if you're wanting to help what I'm the information I'm about to tell you, which is extremely depressing, it's like. Make your own bread. Make your own pizzas. You know Is what I mean? Is there another option? Like, make your own or cookies. Or buy bread that doesn't
0: have it. How about that? Sorry. Or, but Bread's I mean, the one that I'm like, I don't really want to okay, make my sorry. own bread. I'm saying, cookies. like, you um, definitely
1: can, like, go to, like, a maybe more, like, it would be about reading labels. Or find a brand. And that probably, like, like a more make. expensive brand. That's fine. But I'm, like, just saying there are things here, like, that are kind of, like, represent convenience mm-hmm. in a way that it's, like, sometimes... There's a health aspect but this is sort of now like it's a ruining the earth aspect Mm. it's not like it's in these products that every like like fruit and like and like vegetables and these things that like people love that are healthy like there's a weird correlation between sort of like unhealthy mass produced things and palm oil which i was like this is like enough this could be the reason why you end up stop eating those things whereas Mm. a lot of people are telling you it's health health it's like sometimes it doesn't work for people right yeah okay so this is so sad but essentially the palm oil plantations are usually nearby rainforest, just based on yeah. how they're ma- made. So macaque monkeys, mm. which are endangered and so cute, usually now will split their time between rainforests and palm plantations because of the where macaque monkeys live. It's like they're and their just proximity so, to palm plantations, yeah. okay. and they're endangered, and they found that the pesticides and chemicals on the palm plantations, if macaque monkeys spend they were able to tag them and the longer they spend in the palm plantations, the more likely they're going to die before the age of one because it affects the young, babies, these chemicals in the palm plantations and it's mm. killing them. Mm. It's
0: so sad. And so they're like, okay. And that's on top of like rainforest destruction anyway. Yeah, but it's like literally habitat. like
1: they're f- they're going in because they want to eat like yeah. the, the palm plants that fall. Like it's obvious. They're like, oh, there's like a bunch of like yeah. food there. But then it's like. But like then pesticide. they're being exposed to the pesticides and chemicals to mm. raise them. So it's like when you're eating your Chips Ahoy cookies, you're not thinking about the macaques.
0: Okay. Mm. So anyways,
1: whew, it's so sad. But they were like, okay, this obviously is like they want people to know about this to maybe cause the only way you can stop this is like maybe not consuming frozen pizzas Mm. or like whatever and trying to like allow the industry to
0: like self-correct based on like people's purchasing power
1: or they're like they're now trying to create like more research around how pesticides affect young animals Mm. while also figuring out how to create palm plantations that are like smaller or more spread out in ways that the like macaque monkeys will seemingly have to spend less time in them, but that's very anti-consumerism, anti-capitalism, like how, like, it's like, obviously it's like, that's so yeah, much the like goodwill.
0: Huge, yeah. When it comes yeah. to like, you realize I've seen these like TikToks and analysis online where you take a picture of a grocery store shelf and you realize it's one or two companies that own every single thing, including the things that are like the healthy version yeah. that doesn't hurt the mechanics, and then there's the regular yeah. version. It's like they're actually both owned by the same. Yeah, company.
1: and it's like you're going. It's like okay, no, Instead of palm oil, go get some Driscoll's banana, and it's like okay, well we can go into like why Driscoll's is like yeah. the worst, but. It's sort of like one thing that's really bad is palm oil planting. <laughs> like, like, it's like this, like yeah. research on palm oil is like wild. We know what? Well, Not it's like a trifecta. Episode. It's
0: like, it's bad for you. Yeah. It's bad for the earth and it's bad for other animals. Like hopefully that can, I want to do an episode on palm but you're, oil. It's just like, we have so many things to think about. And when I you know. when you're grocery shopping, you're just it's like, hard. this is like, I am now just like oh crap! I want to look at the bread I usually get because I don't really think about it that much,
1: but the but the shopping around the like end at the like Michael Pollan like shop on yes, the yes what is it the exterior yeah that's
0: where like most of the Whole Foods are that's probably where there's
1: less palm oil
0: I know but then we get into this conversation around like eating disorders and not not like in general, but I just saw a really good TikTok that was like, it's okay if you eat food that's not just from the outside. Maybe not talking about environmentalism, but people get so hung up. Like we're given so much information. Oh, wait, about the outside of the thing. Yeah, and they were just, they were like, I'm a nutritionist. Like stop judge like you don't have to think about every little thing you eat in such a crazy micro detail because it's really stressful to be like yeah never take a thing off the box like in the shelf that's in the middle of the grocery wow, store i didn't realize it was that pervasive I've just it heard is that. it's a really common honestly which i think it's a very useful thing yeah. where you're like okay yeah these are all whole foods of yeah. course they're like Less processed, less healthy, but now we're also in part of a culture that's, like, so obsessed with every little thing. I get it on the environmental impact end, but when it comes to health, we're told, like, constantly, that's killing you, that's killing you, that's killing you, that's killing you. you." And it's, like, everything in moderation. Eat whole foods, eat healthy, but, like, a bag of chips here and there is not going to kill you. Stop stressing about it.
1: Yeah, I'm, like, I want to call them out. It's, like, BBC Nutrition I think is the name of the podcast. It is like, okay, you're an eating disorder podcast. It's at this just point. I'm like frustrated. On, yeah. It's literally Everything your new like episode that. was like how to get skinny scientifically. Like literally it was yeah. like called that. It's like right. BBC nutrition. And then there's BBC science focus. And I'm just like, you're actually so. It's just it's hard so because, frustrating yeah, to yeah. me when I listen to them. I'm like, yeah. why aren't you adding some sort of nuance around like, like eating disorders? They're yeah. all talking about like just obsessed like, oh, with the op. It's
0: like that obsession with optimization of every little thing.
1: And they're like, I'm honestly, I guess I have to question my dark chocolate before bed. Okay, it's so like we're losing it's like all our, our British.
0: Our, yeah, sorry, <laughs> we are losing the British listeners,
1: but it's like you're he's like i and i thought that my dark chocolate before bed was okay but you're telling me it's not and they're like no and he's like oh bugger it's like <laughs> that's not right an that's issue not the problem yeah, yeah it's like okay like or you could be like no that is fine like i don't know yeah. it's so frustrating he's like I guess i need to reconsider my dark chocolate before bed thanks for listening <laughs> okay
0: Bye, There's British listeners, <laughs> 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 Okay, is it? Are we we're done? I'm British. Uh, okay. Uh, are like, like Irish or something? Imagine me saying they're the same. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel. <C-c-c-c-c-canceled. laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a lot of those this episode. Uh, all right, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.